Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. This week's episode is brought to you by several sponsors. Many I do not remember or wish to name. You'll hear them later in the episode. This week's episode deals with some pretty heavy material. That being people who've been involved in paranormal research, whether it be solely on their own or with teams that have mysteriously died or disappeared. That includes UFOologists, cryptozoologists, parapsychologists, serialologists, and that's not serial like Captain Crunch, that is the study of crop formations. Those are all areas of expertise that I have dabbled in. I'm not just a paranormal researcher or investigator, I have circled around and have covered all bases in regards to the strange, the unusual, and unexplained phenomenon such as that. But this week, I will be telling you things you may have not heard or wish to know about those who have met an untimely death or an unexplained death while investigating the unknown. Please hold for an important message from one of my wonderful sponsors. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Welcome back. A puzzling question would be, are UFO experts being murdered? A new book to investigate pattern of deaths. For example, a crop circle researcher was found floating in the sea and the rapid decline of a UFO expert who believed he had found an alien skull are the latest in what some claim is a pattern of suspicious deaths of UFO experts. And like I said, a crop uh, crop circle researcher was found floating off the coast of Portsmouth and the rapid decline of a UFO expert who believed he had found an alien skull. UFO researchers claim this is a pattern of suspicious deaths of researchers into extraterrestrial sightings stretching back to as early as 1947. A plane supposedly shot down by the U.S. military is believed to have been carrying fragments of a flying saucer, while the death of the first U.S. Secretary of Defense, James Forrestal, is believed to be UFO-related. Some believe that victims number in their dozens. Pattern of suspicious deaths hit the headlines again this year as activist Steve Bassat 
spoke on the subject of national radio on a national radio show, C2C in America. A new book, Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind by Nick Redfern, was released in 2015. Now, recent cases include 44-year-old Paul Vigay, who was a leading crop circle researcher who had worked on Mel Gibson's film, Signs. He was found floating off the coast of Portsmouth, Hots, in, Honduras, in February. And Nigel Watson, author of the Haynes UFO Investigations Manual, says, Watson says that while many UFO researchers believe the killings to be the work of government agents, some believe that the killings may be the work of aliens or men in black themselves to cover up their presence on our planet. Many of these cases could be the coincidences or people trying to make something out of nothing. But there are certainly some strange incidences. Watson says UFO researcher Philip Schneiders became increasingly fearful for his personal safety. Government vans followed him and several attempts were made to run his car off the road. Eventually, his worst fears were confirmed in January of 1996. A friend broke into his apartment in Wilsonville, Oregon, where his dead body had been rotting for several days. At first, it was thought he had died from a stroke, and then an autopsy found that rubber tubing had been wrapped and knotted around his neck. When you collect the information together, there are a surprising number of UFOologists who have died in strange ways and circumstances since the 1950s. Prominent activist Stephen Bassat supports the idea that the U.S. government has regularly murdered innocent civilians who have tried probing into UFO cases like Roswell, or who have tried to get the government to reveal the truth about UFOs. Steve Bassat, who won Researcher of the Year at this year's at that year International UFO Conference, discussed a mysterious cluster, a cluster of deaths that he believes may be related to government agents targeting researchers from the UFO community. Bassat says that we are looking for death clusters which, by their nature and proximity, sit out from the background noise. I try to be careful with my language in order to minimize and upset with family members that survive from those who have died mysteriously. There are a number of death clusters relating to various issues over the past 20 years or more. If government's connected, not good, not good at all. This is a difficult matter to engage that is impossible to prove individual events. What I am doing is raising concern over a death cluster which stands out from the background noise. This is risky as family members could be offended. I never say with certainty that a particular case is a murder, and I wouldn't go there at all if it wasn't the only option to perhaps prevent further such deaths. Publicity. The theory that the American government or other unknown forces have been murdering UFO researchers is not new, Watson says, with some claiming that suspicious deaths began as early as 1947 and that the death toll is several dozen or more. As long ago as 1971, researcher Otto Binder claimed that at least 137 UFO investigators had died under mysterious circumstances during the 1960s. Watson says a 30-year-long study by UFO researcher Timothy Hood has also revealed that since the 1970s, there are numerous cases of UFO researchers and investigators who had been murdered, suffered a sudden death, 
or been the victims of suspicious suicides or inconclusive natural causes. The earliest reported death occurred in 1947, Watson says, and elements of the story are still unexplained. Deaths related to UFOs go right back to when Kenneth Arnold first investigated its sighting of a fleet of UFOs in 1947 and brought about a worldwide wave of flying saucer sightings. This involved the sighting of six donut-shaped UFOs by Harold Dow that dropped hot slag-like material onto his boat, burning his arm and killing his dog in the process. The next day, his employer, Fred Lee Chrisman, visited Maury Island, where he found tons of debris and saw another UFO in the area. Kenneth Arnold was called to investigate the sighting, and feeling out of his depth, he invited two Air Force intelligence agents, Captain Davidson and Lieutenant Brown, to help him interview the witnesses. They weren't impressed with the validity of the sighting, but took away samples of the debris for analysis, Watson says. As they were returning to their base at Hamilton Field, California, the port engine of their B-52 aircraft caught fire and they were killed. When he crashed near Kelso, Washington State, an anonymous caller to the local newspaper named the victims before the crash was made public and claimed the aircraft was shot down by a 20-millimeter cannon because it was carrying fragments of a flying saucer. When Kenneth Arnold took off from Tacoma, his engine failed and he had to make a crash landing. On checking his aircraft, he found that his fuel valve had been switched off. Paul Lance, a reporter for the Tacoma Times, who covered the story, died suddenly two weeks later of meningitis. UFOologists today now think this was an elaborate hoax that got out of hand and could have been investigated by U.S. intelligence agency to discredit Kenneth Arnold's original sighting. Watson says that it is delves deeper, the theories grow increasingly outlandish. Furthermore, according to UFO conspiracy theory, the CIA killed President Kennedy because he wanted to share UFO secrets with the Soviet Union. Watson says, in addition, Marilyn Monroe was allegedly murdered because she was speaking too freely about UFOs. The night before her death, she had spoken to the TV celebrity columnist Dorothy Killigan about the Roswell saucer crash in 1947. Killigan subsequently died under mysterious circumstances on the 8th of November 1965. This shows how these various deaths can be woven together to support the idea that the truth about UFOs and alien visitations is being suppressed and discredited, Watson says. While the rumors remain a constant hot topic within the UFO research community, Watson says, many of these stories sound outlandish and many of these deaths do have credible explanations, so they don't go much beyond the UFO community. Government agencies could be at work, but it seems very extreme to murder these people, especially over decades, when there are easier ways to discredit UFO researchers. The UFO Investigations Manual by Nigel Watson is available from all good bookshops and direct from www.haines.co.uk. And according to their price line, it's $21.99 euro. Fantastic. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. That's terrific. Moving right along with the next story. Two dead and sparks were ghost hunters. Now, this happened in 2015, but I have not talked about it yet. And since I've been diving into finding information and locating researchers that I've read about, heard about, spoken with, and or appeared at conferences with, this one sticks out. Because it's just altogether too weird. And this happened in, I believe it was, Sparks Police identified the couple found dead inside an apartment on Tuesday as Mark and Debbie Constantinio. Local paranormal investigators featured in the Travel Channel hit series Ghost Adventures. The couple were found inside their daughter's apartment at 1115 15th Street near Sparks High School. SWAT teams from both Reno and Sparks Police surrounded the courtside gardens apartment, evacuated the complex, and put it on lockdown. The incident started at 6.30 a.m. when Reno, Nevada police received a call of a man found dead at a home in the 2300 block of Escalara Court in northwest Reno. A woman arrived at the residence to find her roommate dead inside. Reno Police Lieutenant William Rula said... As they were investigating, they learned that another roommate, Debbie Constantino, was missing. Officers tracked her cell phone and found her inside the apartment in Sparks with her estranged husband. Rula said she was previously a victim in a kidnapping and domestic incident with her husband. Upon arriving at the apartment, officers knocked on the door and heard several shots fired, said Deputy Chief Tom Robinson of the Reno Police Department in an earlier interview. The suspect told police, give me 15 minutes to gather my thoughts or I'll kill her, Robinson said. Officers said they heard a man yelling at police to leave. Police began negotiating with the suspect, but officers eventually used explosives to blow the door open and found the couple dead inside. Police did not say how they were killed or what kind of gun was used. Sparks High School was put on lockdown as a precaution, but eventually released at the normal 2.35 p.m. time. Police weren't searching for any other suspects, but haven't ruled out anything, Rula said. The name of the male roommate found in the Northwest Reno home was not immediately released. And Jeanette Damon contributed to that story. Since then, they found out that it was essentially a crazed fan who went to the wrong residence 
and was demanding to show evidence and proof of paranormal activity. And when he was waving his gun around, it scared the people at the incorrect residence. And that's when he opened fire. Then he went down the street to their home and ended up taking them as hostages. They were trying to work out things in their personal life. They had become estranged. One thing led to another, fighting for the weapon. He ends up getting killed, leaving his estranged wife to fend for herself. It got really out of hand, and it was all due to a crazed fan of the show Ghost Adventures. Another tragic and mysterious death revolving around a ghost hunter in Delhi. Ghostbuster Gaurav Tiwari was found dead under mysterious circumstances. The founder and CEO of the Indian Paranormal Society was found on his bathroom floor with a thin black line across his neck. He was found lying on his bathroom floor and the police are yet to decide whether it was suicide or murder. Indian paranormal investigator was only 32 and was found dead on July 7th. Calling it a case of asphyxiation, but are yet to conclude whether it was a suicide or an actual murder. He was found on his bathroom floor, and according to his family, they heard a loud thud from his bathroom at around 11 a.m. on Thursday. They forced their way through the locked door to find Tirari lying on the floor. He was rushed to a hospital but could not be resuscitated. Initial investigation shows Tawari had no financial or other pressing issues that could have driven him to suicide. He was featured on this month's cover of Youth Incorporated magazine and even posted about a day before his death. Recently married, Tawari used to stay out ghost hunting quite late into the night and it led to some marital friction. I can identify with this. I had to recalibrate and reevaluate my priorities in order to keep doing what I'm doing. My wife and family are directly involved in my research and investigation, and they are beyond helpful with what I do. He was investigating a suspected haunted house in Delhi's Janakapuri on Wednesday and returned home at around 1.30 a.m. at night, triggering a fight with his wife. He appeared absolutely fine on the day of his death. However, he was checking mail a few minutes before he died. Police searched the house in Tuari's mobile for clues, but couldn't find anything substantial. They are still waiting for the full autopsy report. His family remembers, and they don't believe in the paranormal, initially suspected he died from trauma from falling on the bathroom floor, a possibility that's also being inspected. They have maintained that Tarari had no reasons to kill himself and did not believe in suicide. Meanwhile, Australian paranormal investigator Alan Tiller, who was working with Tarari on sci-fi series Haunting Australia, told his fans on Facebook that Tarari had a heart attack. There are, however, deeper mysteries behind his death. Tarari's father told the Times of India that his son was feeling a negative force and it was pulling him towards it. He told his wife about a month ago, saying he was trying to control it, but seemed unable to do so. His wife dismissed his fears, believing he was just depressed due to heavy workload and didn't tell his family about it. 
in regards to a spooky life, an ordained minister of Metaphysical Church of Humanistic Science, Reverend Gerard Tirari, was a certified paranormal investigator and UFO field investigator. During the course of his work, he visited more than 6,000 haunted locations and investigated hauntings, UFO abductions, and mysterious creatures. His paranormal research skills were so strong that his team was completely dependent upon him. Despite having access to many high-tech equipment, pieces like full-spectrum cameras in India, Tirari had worked on various TV shows including Haunted Weekends with Sonny Leon, Boot Aya, MTV, Heat Ticket, and Fear Files. He also appeared in Bollywood flicks, 16, December, and Tango Charlie. Tirari's tryst with the paranormal began in 2007 while he was studying in Florida to become a commercial pilot. He experienced phenomena like poltergeists and heard disembodied whispers in the apartment he was sharing with four other people. One of his flatmates also saw an apparition of a young girl. Soon after, all housemates reported hearing footsteps from the attic and seeing a translucent apparition of a young girl. The group vacated the house as they struggled to explain the going-ons, but the paranormal had already seized Turari's imagination. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Prominent Bigfoot hunter, Claudia Ackley, who sued California to prove Sasquatch is real, was found dead. The prominent Bigfoot hunter who claimed to have filmed the cryptid and even sued the state of California's Department of Fish and Wildlife to prove its existence has died. She was 51 and was found dead at her Tennessee home on July 3rd of this year following a suspected heart attack. Her heartbroken partner, Ed Brown, confirmed this to the U.S. Sun. After allegedly first sighting the mythical hairy humanoid nearly a decade ago, Ackley devoted her life to showing that the species does in fact exist and to warn others that the creatures are dangerous. Brown told the Sun that the Bigfoot community had lost a soldier. With Ackley's death, he was away on a business trip over the weekend and became worried after he hadn't heard from her between Thursday and Sunday. He had a friend check on her and saw from a window that she was in bed and not moving. Police were called to the house and Ackley was pronounced dead. It could have been caused by hypertension or an issue with her medication, but there is nothing to suggest anything or related to any conspiracy theory, Brown told the Sun. It is so important to me that this is made clear. I want to protect her legacy. She was a great person 
with a heart the size of Texas, and she wanted to help everybody. Ackley filmed a purported sighting of Bigfoot while she was out hiking with her young daughters in 2017. She told this to the Post in 2018. There were all trailhead, and that's near Lake Arrowwood, Arrowhead in California, with their dogs, when one of her daughters stopped dead in her tracks in fear. When Ackley ran to see what was wrong, she claims she saw an alpha male Sasquatch leering at her from behind a tree. Terrified, they fled, she said. Ackley later learned that one of her daughters filmed the encounter. I swear to God, in my life, we ran into a Sasquatch. The mom can be heard saying in the clip, as the camera shows a shadow at best, or perhaps nothing at all, between some trees. She called the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, who, after reviewing the footage, told her she had just seen a bear. In January 2018, she made national headlines when she sued the agency to get it to recognize Sasquatch as an actual species. The case was dismissed months later. She wanted to protect people, and she was doing something that no one else was doing by speaking out about these creatures and listening to others, Brown told the Sun. It's no secret that our lives were different on after this subject, but she truly believed in their existence, he continued. Her lawsuit's goal was to force the state of California and the Fish and Wildlife Authority to take sightings seriously and investigate them properly, rather than just say, it was a bear. He said the goal was to get them to do real investigative work and research. Right up until the very end, she believed in what she saw, and she wanted to help other people who have had similar experiences, Brown said, adding the community, regardless of anyone's views, has lost someone who was willing to stand up and fight for their beliefs. The Bigfoot community lost a soldier. The Bigfoot close encounter and lawsuit thrust Ackley into the national spotlight, which led to ridicule and harassment from critics who dismissed her as just, well, crazy, she told the press. All she wanted to do, she said at that time, is to let people know that Bigfoot is out there and it isn't friendly. She's had multiple encounters with Sasquatches over the years, the first being in Washington State during a Bigfoot trek arranged as a vacation with her then-husband in 2014. She saw what appeared to be a small, five-foot-tall Bigfoot in the trees and locked eyes with it. She even made a plaster mold of an alleged footprint. That moment, she said, was life-changing. I realized at that point, looking at the creature, that there is no, there's so much of life that we don't know. Life is so beautiful, and I'm wasting my years, she told the Post. I lost 125 pounds and decided to get a divorce. It motivated me to chase my dreams and live my life. Well, that was an odd ending to this story. She basically decided to chase Bigfoot and leave her husband. So she died from a heart attack, allegedly. Doesn't appear to be any foul play in that. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. 
I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available. And last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Next segment. This story I'm about to share with you is absolutely mind-blowing. It was sent to me about a week ago, and it's connected to the declassified and recently unearthed files from the CIA on UFO phenomenon, stating that a UFO attack occurred and five extraterrestrials petrified 23 Russian soldiers. 23 Russian soldiers lost their life during a UFO attack in Siberia. The CIA declassified report describes this event as a horrific picture of revenge on the part of extraterrestrial creatures, a picture that makes one's blood freeze. The frightful information was one of the many published online by the CIA directly connected to their website. Chiefly, it involves a horrible event about a UFO alien attack which turned into stone 23 Russian soldiers. Now, I said earlier this occurred in 1988. I was mistaken. It was March 27, 1993. This infamous report was created then. In a translation of a report from the Ukrainian newspaper, Ternopil Virginility, namely the newspaper claims that after Mikhail Gorbachev lost his leadership, many KGB files ended up in CIA hands. Among them, allegedly there was a 250-page portfolio on the strange UFO attack. The report included pictures and witness statements as well. That's all for this week. I'm glad you hung out this long. Be sure to look over your shoulder. This broadcast may be monitored or listened to by outside forces that may want us dead for discussing these topics. I'm sure my phone line is now tapped and certain keywords are setting off a watchdog list to pay attention to what I'm talking about, sharing with my audience and who's listening to me. You never know what path you're going to cross that you may not be able to come back from. There have been so many people that have gone this route, have gotten a little too close to the truth and ended up dead. But more and more things have been disclosed through the years that at this point, if more people ended up missing or dead as a result of talking about this type of phenomenon, they would be seen as martyrs for the cause and probably create more unwanted attention towards UFOs, cryptozoology, serialology, and the paranormal overall. So it probably would not be in the best interest of government agents or a dark rogue agency that's assigned to bring men in black in or certain alien entities to erase our minds or meld or change events as we see them in our minds and change our memories or to take us in a black windowless van down the road somewhere in a straitjacket. Wouldn't be in their best interest to do that. It would cast a bigger light on them already. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks for listening this long. Keep your eyes on the sky. Pay attention when you're in the wilderness. When you hear a bump in the night, don't just ignore it. 
go explore it. Have a terrific weekend. Thank you so much for listening. This is Neil Parks signing off. Red, red.